0: Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation, and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience.
1: The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service Stand on the- Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks. We're gonna be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, need that report ASAP. Where are
2: we on that presentation?
1: Dan, HR wants to see Did it. Did
2: you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at ten. Stay late, Bob. Teamwork
1: makes the dream work. They're <laughs> moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout
2: session. Who we'll ate
1: my chips? Where are my pockets. This microwave is disgusting. Uh,
2: oh, what's that? He was wow.
1: his toenails at the desk. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Working Experience Podcast. My guest today is Christina Horan. She is an actor working in film, television, commercial. She also does web design. Uh, a lot of her clients include actors, but I guess anybody who needs a site. So uh, we're just here to talk to her about her business and her acting. And welcome, Christina.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having
1: me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for doing it. Uh it is utterly swelteringly hot out today. i just like to give our audience a little background <laughs> oh on what I we're know. dealing with here. Uh, so we're up in the Northeast. Um, would you describe yourself as, I mean, you seem to be Boston, New York. Do you kind of go wherever the work takes you?
2: Yeah, I I go wherever the work takes me. I first thought you were going to ask me if I identify myself as like a New Englander. <laughs> I would say if you start talking to me, you would know I am because I talk really fast. Um, I try to slow it down. But yeah, Um, no, I go wherever the work takes me. I'm based in Rhode Island right now. I'm moving to New York sometime uh, August or September. But for the past five years, I've been commuting back and forth to New York, uh, to Boston for work. So Rhode Island's kind of been a nice little middle ground for me. Um, And when I have the opportunity every once in a while, I'll be able to fly out to California for a callback or something. But most of my work is here um, in New England between New York and Boston.
1: Well, people from New England, we talk fast because we think fast because we're smart. And the rest of the country is a little slow, right? (laughs)
2: They haven't picked up the memo. No,
1: no, they're just, they're a little slow. Uh, I think you know Paul Candarian.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know Paul.
1: I just did a little podcast with him yesterday on why he would sit in the drive-thru of a Dunkin' Donuts as opposed to just going into the store, which would take about five minutes as opposed to sitting in a drive-thru for 45 minutes. This is a phenomenon I've observed quite a bit, and anyway, he started talking about he was in Indiana for a shoot. He was in Utah. He just said the people are so nice. They're just so nice.
2: We're in a rush over here.
1: Yeah, and it almost makes me suspicious when they. Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? What? What do you? Do I know you? What what are you talking? Yeah,
2: no, like I had spent some time in Tennessee after I. Well, when I was about to graduate college, because I had, I was auditioning for an MFA program out there for acting. And it was the funniest thing, like when I'm walking and someone's like, do you need help with your car? Do you need to take something out? And I'm like, oh my God, if that happened in New York, I would be freaked out. Like someone was gonna, you know, try to. Jump me or take my money, but yeah, you get it's get the
1: pepper like spray the pepper. out. Yeah, you yes, have I have to hit them with my pepper, pepper spray
2: and my birdie thing, whatever that thing is that you pull it and it makes a really loud noise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's, it's sort of a foreign. When I've been to Texas, when I've been to, you know, yeah, down south and whatnot. Sometimes people just genuinely want to know how are you.
2: They're nice people. <laughs> I know,
1: I know. Uh, so, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? What brought you to acting? Maybe. Uh, if you have educational background in that or things like that?
2: Sure, so I've always been into performance in some way, shape or form in my life. I actually started out as a dancer. I did ballet for years. I went to an all girls Catholic high school that was very, very big on the performing arts. So performing arts was always very big in my life. But I would say like my junior year of high school was when I had gotten cast in a musical and I was shocked like actually getting a speaking role and a singing role because I only really saw myself as a dancer. And from that point on, it just kind of opened this new world to me of, you know, acting and singing, which segued into me going to school, to college to receive my BFA musical theater. So I studied four years at Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York for musical theater. Um, I went through their whole BFA program. My senior year of college was when I started designing websites. Um, Totally like just a passion project of mine. Really, it was because I took a business of acting course. And our final project was to create a website. So that sort of opened the door into enjoying doing that. And really, like I said, you know, designing websites, getting into graphic design um, was all through that. Like I just taught myself that I took, you know, basic little courses on code and just kind of taught myself that as a passion project because I really liked it from school. And then after graduating, college, I moved back to Rhode Island. First was to compete in a pageant because I competed for um, the Miss Rhode Island America program. Mm. And then I started my work in Boston. I signed with an agency over there. And from that point on, I mean, they always kept me super busy with commercial work. Most of the commercial work I book is out of Boston. Um, But I also do, I've I've done some TV work and mostly film. Um, I'm also producing a film right now, a feature film. So I've always had my hand, you know, in the game after graduating but as far as websites are concerned I've been designing websites for about five and a half years and it wasn't until you know COVID hit and sort of how it started was I always kept in touch with this uh, professor at NYU. He wrote a book on you know the business of acting and everything and he was the one who had reached out to me and was like hey I love your website Uh, do you think I could use it in my program at NYU to teach you know the students of Tisch what a good actor website looks like. So I was so flattered and I was like, yeah, of course <laughs> you can use my website and, you know, at NYU or Juilliard or, you know, whatever school you're teaching that course. in. absolutely. So over time, like he was sort of the one, his name is Brian O'Neill. He's the one who, you know, had the conversation with me and he was like, you're good at this. Like you should do this. And literally a year ago, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, you know, help other actors. And that's really when my business started, um, was a year ago. And, you know, because I had so much time on my hands with COVID. And, you know, COVID also, I'm sure not just myself, but made so many of us realize the rut that we may have been stuck in prior to that, like I had worked in restaurants, i had worked in retail and I was always so unhappy. I was always so stressed out every time I had to, you know, try to find coverage or ask for time off because of an audition or a booking. And it was just the most stressful thing. And I think having that downtime, having that chance to just reset and think about, you know, what do I actually want out of life? What makes me happy and what makes me happy is, you know, this thing, website designing and graphic designing, which has always been a cathartic hobby for me to take me my mind off from whatever stresses I have with, you know, acting or, or whatever happens in the career. Cause nothing's, you know, just a straight shoot or perfect and turn this into something that I could do full-time. And I'm really excited, you know, a year later, actually a week ago, I moved full-time into doing my website business. I was working another job full-time simultaneously doing websites and acting. So it was a huge relief um, and huge joy to finally step into this full-time recently. And, and, Help more actors.
1: So what does a good acting website look like?
2: So I would say the first thing is to really distinguish with actors saying, okay, your actor website is not a portfolio site, meaning it's not just a site for people to go and download your resume or download your headshot. An actor website needs to be a pitch package. So I would consider a good actor website to basically be the more visually compelling and aesthetically compelling version of a cover letter your website needs to be your pitch package so in addition to that i mean some basic things are just making sure your website's easy to navigate making sure people get all the basic information they need immediately landing on your site and what i mean by that is when people load your site load your home page without even scrolling anywhere they should have they should know your name they should know where you're based They should know your profession, meaning, you know, I'm an actor, producer, writer, or actor, producer, website designer. It should have your social icons, your casting icons for actors access, IMDb, backstage, whatever pertains to you. Um, And those I would say are the most important things. And then whatever's on your menu bar, I have a very specific way I break up the menu bar, for the most part, for most people, depending, you know, like if somebody has a huge directing reel, then that would, you know, warrant its own tab but just having things very, very easy to navigate and making sure that they don't have to hunt somewhere to find out if you're SAG eligible or if you're SAG-AFTRA or hunt to find, you know, oh my God, where's her actor's access? Like I just need that link. Whatever it is, I think the most important thing is to just remember a lot of times people don't have time when they go on your site. So you really have to make sure that you just make it easy for them. And I think the second thing to remember is that you're so in control of your image and, how you're portraying yourself. And I think so many actors forget about that on an actor website, but yet they take so much time to put that effort into their Instagram or their grid or aesthetically making it look pleasing when it's like, you know, your website is something that when people Google you and they search for you online, that's going to pop up alongside your Instagram or your IMDB. And one of the other biggest things that your website does for you is it legitimizes you, you know? So if you're not taking the time to fully craft a website that not only represents you, you know, branding wise, and I'll get into my definition of branding because I know it means many different things to many people, but also going on a site where it's like, even if someone doesn't stay long, not only should they understand your essence and your brand, but you should just be legitimized. Like they should land on there and be like, oh, yup, this person's professional. Good. That's all I needed to know. Um, So I think those are, you know, three main components, if we're just touching the surface with things of what makes an important actor website.
1: So how in this uh, milieu, how would you define branding?
2: So I define branding by saying it's the marriage of your essence with the industry. So it's not about being on one end of the spectrum and saying, okay, we're typecasting you. We're putting you in a box and saying like, I'm the quirky girl that would be on the good, lo- the, you know, the good place. But it's, it's finding, okay, what shows could you wake up and play tomorrow? Great. What shows would you maybe love to play, but your essence in your immediate self doesn't immediately land yourself in that world and i think the discovery of that and what the development of that brand looks like by finding out you know what you could wake up and play tomorrow what you would like to play what currently exists in the market and meshing those all together and just putting your unique thumbprint on it is what develops a brand
1: so would you um is it good for an actor to have uh snippets on the reel or whatever you want to call them that show versatility or is it more a matter of saying like you need this type i'm that type i can fit that role
2: that's a good question i don't know if if i'm the right person to answer that i feel like that would be you know a better conversation for them to have with their agent or their manager or for a casting director to lend advice towards but from a branding perspective What's helpful for me is when people have professional headshots, when they really like the most content is the most helpful. So I really love to use production stills or screen captures because this is you in action. Like a lot of times I put like a background or like a landing page video of the person's real, and then, you know, wording on top of it, because I think the biggest thing is really to see you in action. And that's it's twofold you know like there I can do a lot to really accentuate someone's brand like for example I'm working with someone right now who she really wants to lend herself towards comedy so we went over a list list of shows you know what shows could she wake up and play tomorrow what shows would she love to be on and I gathered all of those show posters and we analyzed them and I developed a font palette for her and a in a color palette for her that lived in that world, and I think that's the first step in developing a brand. Is yes, you have to have you know footage to support you, but at the same time, like I've also developed sites with people who have one reel, four headshots, their resume, and that's it. And we were able to achieve that. You know, some people need more graphic design and more work on their site than others, but I think it's really a person-to-person basis and what helps me on that journey is discovering okay what does the branding of these shows in these genres in this world that you're trying to break into what does their branding already look like so that way when i'm developing someone's font palette because i don't use generic fonts like i don't just go on wordpress or wix or squarespace and use any old clean font like i take a lot of time to research people's branding and discover, okay, like you're into, you know, your shows are The Office, Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, The Good Place, and Jane the Virgin. Let's analyze their logos. Let's analyze their posters, their fonts, their color palettes. Great. Let's see what the similarities are. How can we create a font baby out of all of these shows? How can I create a logo for you that is a combination of all these things while still being unique to you, while still having your unique thumbprint on it to make it yours and not just looking like we're mimicking something. So there's a lot of work that goes into developing a brand. And that's really the first step of my process in working together with people is I'm not just a website designer and I'm not just a graphic designer. I'm really first and foremost, before that whole process starts, a brand developer because we take so much time. I send people a list of questions to prepare for our consultation. And then when we go into the branding consultation, we have that discussion of, you know, what do you bring to the industry? What exists in the industry right now? How can we create a pitch package for you in your website that is brand specific, that has a color palette that's lending itself towards this world that already exists? You know, it's just, subtle brand identification that exists in your website that people subconsciously will connect you to those things that already exist. And that's the work that I do in my branding with actors.
1: So you really have to get a sense of the person and what they're going for.
2: Yeah. And that's why too, like when I first started, I was like, "Mm, do I want to just leave packages on my website for people to purchase or do I want to have a consultation with them and I, I mean first like I love working with actors I love meeting people so you know having that consultation like for me is so important because it's not just about putting images and text on a website to look sleek and pretty mm-hmm. but it's really about me getting to know you getting to know what are your career goals what short-term goals do you have? Do you want to sign with a rep? Are you looking to, you know, redevelop your branding? And like, if you're for, like, I did a website for a girl who is very like action Marvel, like lives in that world so well Hmm. and wanted to show a softer side of herself. So I'm like, okay, how do we transition you from this branding of being this very strong, spunky, you know, action-y type to also showing somebody with a softer side who could also play those more vulnerable role, you know, roles. How do we segue into that and tweak your branding to show that? So yeah, it's super important for me to meet people and really discover what they want this journey of brand development to look like for them.
1: Well, I know. I mean, I've been through you know, websites like Backstage and Boston Casting and whatnot. They definitely have their uses, but many times... I then meet the person and I'm like, I would not recognize you at all from your, the headshot I saw and it's not their fault. It's just, they had a totally different hairstyle or they just, and it's like, or they took it with their phone and put it on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, those God. people, I don't, as you said, you gotta look professional. And I'm like, yeah. you're gonna take this with your phone and that's it, then I can't really trust your profession professionalism, I guess I would say. Totally. And I, I sort of think of it like a a restaurant with a 15-page menu, because I'm like, you do a lot, you do all these things, which makes me think you don't do any of them very well. Oh, so,
2: I love that analogy. That's no, great. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's like, I want to, like, when I, I worked as a grip for about five years in New York, and. I remember I was sort of like, well, you know, I can do grip, I can do electric, I can do this, and someone said, no, 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 you got to bill yourself as this. This is what I do well. I was like, oh, okay, because he's like, if they think you do grip, you do electric, you do production assistant, you got to pick something. So, you know, I guess with an actor, you can't, you're not just going to pick one thing, but it's sort of like, okay, what do you do well? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that we can really say, yeah, you, you are good at comedy or, and obviously there are people who are good at both, but you know, it's-
2: Yeah. And it's not even, cause I know that this is such a sensitive conversation to have with actors as it would be for myself to say like, but I don't want to be pigeonholed. You know, I can do many things. And I think that's part of the discovery process. You know, it's not like building a website creating a pitch package for you is not about putting you in a box and saying, okay, we're only going to brand you as comedy, or we're only going to brand you as drama. I think the evaluation of the direction that we go with your brand really depends on your starting point. You know, what do you naturally exude? Mm -hmm. Okay. If you naturally exude somebody who's naturally very funny like you can talk to some people and you just know like oh you're so funny (laughs) like you don't even have to speak and you make me like want to laugh you know like it's about discovering that in people first to then help me make the decision being like okay this is where we're starting we need to show a little bit more drama for you. How do we do that? Do we show that through the bio? Do we show that through your color palette and your color scheme? Do we show that through your font palette? You know, there's a lot of different ways in developing a site that we can exude different elements of people and make it something that's three dimensional. Um, And it's really hard for me to say like, this is the way to do it. You do step one, you do step two. Like it's very hard and I think it takes Self, not to sound so woo woo about website design, but it takes self reflection. And sometimes you need another person guiding you and observing you and what you bring to the table to say, great, this is what we have to work with. Let's fill the gaps here. You know, if you don't do, com- like, if you don't exude comedy, how do we show that? You know, so it's really a collaborative process and just having me as like another set of eyes to say, great, this is how we make this three dimensional.
1: The creative pro, yeah. One of my other stunningly insightful analogies. I always thought, like, look, if there's one answer, it's not creative. I mean, there's no like, it's not a tax form or or a W two form. Like, there's a right and way, right and wrong way to do that. But you, like, this kind of surprises me. This conversation because, like, I'd never really. I thought like you slap your reel up, you slap up your resume. And here I am and that's it. But this is taking it to a much deeper personal level. And maybe you would have actors who are like, well, no, I don't see myself that way. And it's like, it's not necessarily how you see yourself. It's also how a casting director sees you. You wanna work? Yeah,
2: it's it's mixed, it's both. Because in Mm -hmm. no way do I ever want someone to feel like they're walking away with a site that doesn't feel like them. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, because who am I to say, this is how the industry sees you. I think it's, it's both, I think it's bringing in, like I have people make a list of, you know, the roles that they're called in for, the roles that they get cast as. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how do you feel about that? Is that how you want to get cast? Is that the direction that you want to go? And then if the answer is yes, it's like, okay, great. Let's lean into that. Let's find shows that support that. If the answer is no, then we acknowledge that this is the first impression that people have of them. And we figure out, okay, how do we move forward and and craft a new first impression of you? How do we show you in this different light since this light that you're being shown in is the immediate thing that people see? How do we structure your website and your brand to show that you have multiple components to you outside of that immediate branding?
1: And so you you do this for actors, but you also do it for or you would do it for a business or?
2: I do. Whatever. I don't just work with actors. Um, I think my heart lies in working with creatives, um, but that is not limited to actors. Um, I work with writers, directors, filmmakers, career coaches for actors, real estate agents. Um, but I think I definitely kind of gear myself towards actors because that's where my love lies in helping actors. Um, and it's also just exciting for me to like chat with other actors too. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's not exciting to chat with a real estate agent. <laughs> it, it is. People yeah, a
1: little different you conversation. Know, are,
2: are all exciting, but it makes me really happy to work with actors and help them out.
1: Now, if you were to work with a real estate agent, would you come at them in, in the same way? Would you come at them like, hey, look, I want to make this unique to you?
2: Oh, absolutely. The process is the same. The only thing that changes with someone outside of the creative industry and you know we can use real estate for example or you know what let me use an example of someone whose site I'm actually doing who's not an actor she's a nurse and a brand and not a nurse and a content creator so for her like I still went upon the process in the same exact way. It's just her list of questions that I sent her before our branding consultation was different than actors. So if I'm asking actors to say, hey, make a list of the shows that you could wake up and play tomorrow and make a second list of the shows that you would really love to play, but you don't think you would immediately get cast in. For her, I said, Make a list of the brands that you want to create content for. Great, let's evaluate what their brands and logos look like. Make a list of the other influencers whose careers you emulate, that you would like to be doing the same type of work as them or that you feel like their brand and their essence is something that you're attracted to, that you feel like we could infuse your brand with great let's evaluate it i think for any person whether i'm doing a site for an actor or whether i'm doing a site for a real estate agent or whether i'm doing a site for you know a wedding planner i think at the end of the day what it comes down to is just evaluating what brands already exist out there that are both your competitors and or that you're attracted to for some reason because of the color scheme or the essence of their font or whatever it is about them i think this whole process is really research-based to figure out, okay, what speaks to you? How do you want to be shown in this light, in this new brand is really the most important thing for me when taking people on this process.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if, uh, you know, Frank Zarnowski, he's, um, he's, he's out of Brockton. He actually is a Brockton police officer and he acts. And I, I had him in a short film a couple of years ago and we did a podcast and he said he gets cast a lot as a police officer. That's what he does for a living. And we were talking about typecasting, and he said, fine, I don't care. Like, if I'm going to get cast as the sort of tough guy, cop, detective, great, you know? I mean, I know he can do other stuff, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's it's work, so, Yeah, you know.
2: I think it's just perspective, too. Like, some actors, I think, are content with that. And, and there's no right or wrong. I think it just depends on each person's career goals, you know?
1: Yeah. So what, um, to get back to the acting, what's like when you're on a set, what is it that you enjoy about it?
2: Oh, uh, I just, so first we should also say this too, Matt, that we were on a set together. So we, we were, just finished, we, we just were. finished our yeah. film together, yeah. um, which is how Matt came to bring me on the podcast. Um, what I love being about being on a set, and this is what I love so much about being on your set with Evan and everybody is I just, love the collaboration that makes me the most happiest. I mean, I've been on sets where it feels very rigid and people aren't happy. And it feels like I'm like, damn, if you're this unhappy on a set, like you should just find, you know, a nine to five day job in an office that's going to make you equally unhappy. So I think (laughs) my favorite thing on a set is just being around other people who are just excited, as excited to be there where it is a collaborative effort. It's not, there's not tension. And I know this sounds like, you know, the perfect set to be on, but there are many sets that are like this because, you know, everybody on that set has chosen to step foot on that set because they want to work there. And that's a really nice feeling when, you know, especially in narratives, especially when we're doing a short film or feature film and even some commercial work too. But really what I find like more in the indie world is that it's the most fun set to be on because everybody who's there is there because they want to be. They're there because they believe in the story, they believe in the script, they believe in telling the story to its you know, full potential. And I think that's exciting for anybody to be on a set, actors, crew, writer, director. Um, That's really the ideal situation. And that's what makes me the most happy being on set.
1: I find, I don't know if you found this when you were working your regular job, but I teach. So, you know, I I really like teaching, I like my colleagues, but I have such different conversations when I'm on a film set, Oh yeah, you know, like, what are you doing? what do you got going? Everybody's always got something going. Like you had your web design. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And, oh, what are you working on next? What do you got? Oh, I'm on this project and da da da. At, at the nine to five, it's not really like that.
2: No, not at all. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate. The two jobs that I had that were outside of the industry, they were very supportive. Like I worked in a restaurant where they were always excited to hear what was going on next. And the same thing with working in retail. But I think It also gets hard to always, like, explain to people what you're doing versus when you're on a set, you're not explaining to people what you're doing, but you're both just, like, networking and sharing. And I mean networking in the most, like, friendly and personable and just, like, actors just wanting to say what they're doing because it's so hard for us, I think to have that conversation with someone who's not in the industry, that it feels much more explanatory in giving justification as to why we're doing this versus when you speak to somebody else in the industry, it's just very exciting to draw inspiration from what someone else is doing or, you know, connect with them when you're like, oh my God, I worked with that director too, or to find, you know, a new storyline that someone's developing. I, it just, it it has its two different things. And and I prefer the latter of, you know, of course, being around creatives and being able to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, it's a much different uh, dynamic, absolutely. And really very enriching. I mean, just being around people who
2: are- Oh yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So what, um, you know, just speaking of the indie world, because the commercial world is, I mean, obviously the pay is a lot higher, but it's not as much fun. That always seems to be the, the at least in my experience as a grip, it was like, you're going to get paid a lot, but you mostly sit around in the green room, you know, with a green screen. It's not all that creative. Uh, and then the indies were a lot of, you know, a lot of fun. They're a lot, more, a lot harder. You got paid a lot less and you had to work a lot more but it was very enriching. That was always the kind of odd, and you, you know, craft service wasn't so great. The meals weren't so great, but it was like it was just such a nice. I don't
2: know. We had good meals every day on our set. Oh, so. good.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I
2: was. I was happy with what well, in my stomach.
1: One thing I, I've mentioned to other people is like, who you know, they want to do an independent short or whatever. I was like, food good food and like food oh my
2: god you made me want to go into the conversation about producing now too because i know that's <laughs> not where we're we're going here i mean we could I'm no no work.
1: no yeah 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 well um, I was my question was going to be if you and you can answer this from a producer's perspective and having been on independent shorts features like if you've been on one you were like this did not work and you're on one where you're like wow this works really well like What would you tell somebody going in, like, avoid this, make sure you do this?
2: Mm. Oh, that's a tricky one. Let me start by saying this. I have, because just to kind of bounce off of what you were saying about commercial versus indie, I think the thing that I love the most about indie is that, like I said, everybody's there. It's like, it's a passion project too, even though we're not getting paid as much, but I've been on some commercial sets where, where they are super fun and it feels Mm -hmm. the same where it's like, oh, everybody's here because they want to be here. And this is, you know, a fun spec and it's really cool. So I've had that feeling on, on commercial sets as well. I think if there's any advice I would give someone to be like, you know, avoid this. I mean, first off, I think it's just, a general read of like when you walk in the room what's your immediately immediate feeling when you go on set you know if you're getting that feeling that it's like oh my god this is healthy and happy and everybody wants to be here then i say you know find your way of how you contribute but don't you know don't be a bossy pants. Like, I think a lot of it's just common sense. Like, if you want to immerse yourself in that community of people on set that day, like, do so respectively. Um, Make it a collaboration. Respect, you know, how other people work. Um, And I think that goes for the same, like, on a set where you step foot and you're like, ooh, something feels off here. I think just knowing your place in the best way, and by no means do I mean, like, if somebody's treating you, you know, disrespectfully, not to speak up. You absolutely should. But I think, you know, if an actor's in that position where they're stepping on set and they're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. There's tension. There's something. I say, you know, you go there, you do your part, you do your job. So nobody, (laughs) nobody can complain about what you're doing. Um, You know, you don't stir the pot. You just bring to the table everything that you're hired to bring to the table and you do so you know in the best way possible and you would do that on a healthy set anyway it would just you know feel a little bit more collaborative than it may on a set that doesn't feel as healthy
1: well i guess like um i would say to somebody and this was drilled into me many years ago because a friend of mine who is a, a cinematographer shot a film for me he was like you need a shot list Mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything I was like no no we'll just go and he's like I'm not shooting this if I do not see a shot list mm-hmm. you got to sit down with the script and you got to say this is our first shot this is the second shot so when I was taught like I guess being prepared like if you're not you know because you're, you're producing right
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. So I assume- it, it, by no means do I have like massive producer experience this is actually the first thing I'm producing but I'm just so passionate about the story and the script um but yes no continue
1: well i was gonna say like i I, passion is great and 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 enthusiasm and all of that but i would also say you you gotta put the prep in like you gotta get either storyboards or i need shot lists because if you show up and you're like oh we'll figure it out you're gonna be there for six hours without
2: oh totally i mean we're we're in the pre-production phase right now. And I mean, this is new to me in regards to like stepping into this role as producer, but at the same time, like I know what I have to offer. I have, you know, a decently extensive marketing background. So my focus right now with them is to focus on, you know, crafting a good fundraising campaign, something that's, you know, specific to the audience in which we're trying to get money from, um, you know, specific, to what the whole um, topic is, and it has to do with, you know, drug abuse, so we're, we're in that pre-production phase of, you know, finding out, you know, here's our budget, we, mm-hmm. we now know what the numbers look like, how do we get our money, great, here are some ideas for campaigning, um, and then the next step after that, you know, of course, we'll start to segue into the more intricate, detailed things that people prepare for, you know, production with storyboards and shot lists and, and all that stuff.
1: So uh, as an actor, like what, what do you like best from a director? Like specifically, like what, what do you want to be told? What do you not want to be told?
2: I think, Ooh, I find that I don't work as well with direction. That's like, you know, you're mad now or some, something that it's such a fine line. I think, It's more like I appreciate more circumstantial direction saying like, imagine that it's these circumstances now. This Mm -hmm. is what's changed versus someone telling me, okay, you, you need to yell now or it's time to cry. Like I'll do it, but I find myself needing a little bit more time to develop the things needed in order to get there and give it, you know, reason to do that so it's not like I'm just crying or just yelling but bringing some context behind that so I find like working with a director who's doesn't go there to say that first but gives more you know circumstantial saying you know this is the circumstances now let's up the stakes let's you know whatever it is and I hope I I don't I don't feel like I'm explaining that right (laughs) but no
1: no you hit the magic word for me as context like you can't just say to somebody you're upset it's like well what am I upset about Cause there's yeah, and it's
2: a fine line, you know, like I know at the same time, you know, maybe a director who's not an actor knows that they want to get a certain thing out of the actor. But I think making for a director, making their direction not so result oriented and taking it a step back and reverse engineering it and saying, okay, if I want to get this thing from the actor, how can I say it in a different way that's a little bit more um, gives them the artistic liberty and freedom to make that choice on their own and not make it so result oriented for them but makes oh, it more of yeah. a discovery process for them so that way they're not just so focused on the result of crying but that there's you know a circumstantial change that's happening in the scene or in the moment that will organically produce that but mm. at least it gets the actor thinking okay this isn't result oriented i can you know work with this and make this artistically my own but it still leads to the same result it just is how it approaches it's how it lands on the actor
1: very good very good that's a very good specific piece of advice for a director uh so what's um precipitating the move to new york career-wise
2: so um i mean i've been wanting to do it for a little while i just signed with a manager recently and you know i i think with everything hopefully soon to be opening up with COVID. I just think it's the necessary next step. I've mm. been living in Rhode Island for about five years. I went, like I said, I went to college in New York, but, you know, my career was much different back then than it is now. I mean, I had, I had never even stepped on a commercial set when I was in college, um, let alone, you know, a TV or film set. And things are much different now, five years later. And I feel like it is the next necessary step. Um, and I, I also feel confident in, my Boston reps who I've been with for a while that, you know, I hopefully knock on wood work doesn't slow down with the move. And I don't think it will because they have actors in New York and LA. Um, but I just think it's timing. It it just feels like it's the right time for me. I think I was always apprehensive to do it prior to getting a manager because I just didn't have that guidance and I'm really confident in my team and I really love them. And I feel really, appreciative and trustworthy in their guidance to say, you know, this is the next step. This is the next thing that needs to happen. That's, you know, in order to make progress.
1: Nice. Nice. And just to wrap it up, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to get started in the business of web design or somebody who wants to jump into acting?
2: Oh, so I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll say the acting advice first. Um, First and foremost, I would say, you know, get in a class. I think people hear that a lot and they're like, oh, I don't want to spend the money or, oh, I just graduated from conservatory. I don't need class. I think getting in class does so many things for you. I mean, you need to work that muscle just like you wouldn't expect a surgeon, you know, or a doctor to leave school and just, you know, dive right in without practice. Um, I think it's just getting in the routine of being in a practice because not only does it help you. Hone your craft but it also just helps you build community and you're inspired by other people around you like I have grown so much from being in a class where I felt like everybody was so much better than me you know credit wise or just talent wise and you learn so much from just putting yourself in that environment um I think the other thing too that I would give the advice for actors especially now and it's changed I think very very quickly, since you know I had graduated college five years ago, or maybe I just didn't realize that this was important five years ago. But I think it's really important to create your own content and to early on start wearing the hat of the writer, director, producer, um, because getting on set is the most valuable experience. Having experience in other roles on you know a production. Is important because not only does it give you knowledge and expertise of what other people do, but it helps you to respect what other people do as well and to be aware of what their role in creating this film and creating this commercial or or whatever it is that you're doing, it gives you the knowledge to, you know, respect the craft of what they're doing as well. So, yeah, I would say I mean that's something I wish I started earlier on was being a content creator, wearing the writer hat, the director hat, the producer hat. I mean, it's not too late to start it, of course, but I think early on, getting in the groove of that and releasing the idea of perfection, I think for a long time, I was in class to help me stop being such a perfectionist and stop overthinking things, um, but whatever it is, I mean, whether you 're graduating from conservatory or you're not going to school for that and you're just deciding hey i want to dive right into acting you know i think class is just beneficial in so many ways cuz it's like the therapy for actors that we didn't really know that we needed um and it's <laughs> training and you need yeah. training yeah. um and then i would say for a website designer if you're passionate about it there's nothing that you can't teach yourself like i didn't spend money on taking courses like i just kind of dove in and found all the free resources that I could and and I was just passionate about it like I played around with different things and, and editing you know CSS and just investigating what works what didn't and just there's a there's so much free information out there that you don't have to feel like you have to pay $800 for a course to teach you. A certain component of website design um, development. Don't ask me that question. I'm not a web developer. I could right, probably right. do a couple of courses in that to help me. Mm-hmm. But as far as design, I mean, it's just such a specific thing that's unique to you, unique to your taste, and what you like to create. Um, and I think you just got to find who your ideal clientele is that makes you really happy to wake up every day and work with. Um, I think right off the bat, I knew for me it was actors, because that's naturally how I got into this, was in creating my own actor website, um, and then, fortunately, being connected with the business teach uh, professor at NYU. It felt like a very natural segue for me, but if someone's starting website design, and maybe they're not an actor, I think the first thing that they should really discover is, okay who do I want to create sites for? Um, You know, do I want to do stuff for wedding planners and just be the go-to website developer for website planning, you know, whatever that is for you. I think you just have to take time to discover that.
1: All right. Well, Christina Horan, thank you so much. That was extremely informative on many fronts. I know our audience will get a lot out of it. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the working experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media. If you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.